And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. This morning, as we continue our series on influencers, you know, I looked at the, the life of somebody that I wanted us to talk about about and and there were so many different directions with this character with this influencer in the Bible. Now as we use that term influencers, it automatically, I don't know about for um, different generations, but for for me it automatically goes to Instagram. There are influencers on Instagram. Um if you uh follow anybody, I know our our teens over here follow uh Instagram and Snapchat influencers. There's a few in- influencers that I love on Instagram and one of them, he's a a doctor and all he does is post um, scans of brains uh, and so if you look and it's so weird and so he like will do a brain scan and then he'll show you like this is what your brain looks like you know when you're six years old or this is what your brain looks like if if you know if you've um, been an alcoholic for this many years or if you've been on methamphetamines for three months like it's the weirdest thing and I was like uh, this is what your brain looks like if it's on sugar I, it's it's so great. I, I'm so thankful he hasn't shown a brain scan of caffeine yet, so I'm okay. Um, because, listen, it would take the voice of God for me to give that up. Like literally, I would he would audibly have to speak for for me to give up my morning cup of coffee. And um, oh, don't speak it, Lord. I'm asking. I'm begging. <laughs> But influencers in our life, and so we look at social media, we look around the world, and, and there's different people that want to influence us with with our um, with our health, and influence us with with there's there's Christian influencers that they post these great things and and different words and and different things to influence and encourage us. But the Bible is full of characters that influence us and can influence us on a daily basis. And so this morning, as I was looking at this man that we're going to talk about today, there were so many different ways that we could go. And so this morning, we're going to talk about King David, the influence that King David can have on our life today. So I could have looked at him and I, I did first thing, of course, you know, I'm, first thing I'm going to go as a worshiper right? King David as a worshiper. I could have gone as a warrior. You know, he was, he was a strong, he was a, a man of, of war and he was very successful in, in what he did. But this morning I want to look and it's going to be a little bit different because the influence that David left the day he died, as I was researching through this and I was looking through, I came to, and we're going we're gonna to look at this in just a second, but I came to 1 Kings chapter 2. And it talked about the last words that King David gave to his son, Solomon. So this morning, as we prepare our hearts for this, we're going to put up our prayer that we say every week together. Can we say this together and say it loud? Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as we were looking at this today, Ryan texted me this question. He says, and it was this, if King David was here today, what advice would he give us to experience God's best in our lives? What advice would King David, and that was what brought me to this portion of scripture in 1 Kings chapter 2. 
because these were the last words. Now, if you read that entire chapter, listen, the first part is, is so pretty and so nice. The last part, he literally tells Solomon, like, send this one to a bloody death. Like, I am not, like, on his deathbed, he was like, this guy's okay, but this one isn't, so take him out. Like, that was the end, end part. We're not gonna go there. Don't be like, okay, God, give me the list. What we're gonna do is we're gonna look at that first part, and so we're gonna look at it for just a second in 1 Kings chapter two. And let's be honest, okay? When I was reading this and when I was looking at this of what King David desired to share with his son Solomon, I couldn't help but think of my three kids. I couldn't help but think, what would, be, what would I wanna leave with them? Above everything else, what would I wanna leave to my children? Now listen, there are two things that make me cry and that's Jesus and my family. So I'm probably gonna cry a little bit today. But as I was looking at this and I saw the heart of David for his son Solomon, wanting to give him these last words of influence, I thought of my own children. And I I thought of this next generation that's coming up. If there's anything that we can learn from King David, it's this. And so let's look together at 1 Kings chapter two, verse one. And it says, as the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge or gave this advice, another version says advice, to his son Solomon. Verse two, I am going where everyone on earth must go, must someday go. Take courage and be a man. The actual word there means mature. So it says, take courage and be mature. First thing, first word of advice that he gives Solomon is grow up. You're gonna have to be mature. And this is what he says in verse three. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. Here David gives the last word of advice to his son Solomon and he says to him this, the word of God is the most important. Live it every day and you will be successful. We know this and David, we know this with David because he time and time again lived contrary to the commandments of God. Time after time, he, he, he committed sins in his life that were contrary to the word of God. He knew what it was like to live after the word of God, and he knew what it was like not to live after the word of God. And at the end of his life, he looks at his son Solomon and said, I've, I, I've seen both ways of my life, and I can tell you the best way is to obey the word of God. This is really important for us to know because Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Now, praise God, we do not live underneath the Mosaic law anymore. We don't live underneath the rules and regulations that the Levite priests did. But we still live under the principles of God's word. And, and if you come to a church that doesn't call sin, sin, 
and doesn't allow the word of God to speak for, for itself, be, be weary. Be very scared. Because the word of God does not change. And so as we look at this and as we pour into what David would tell us, and we're going to look at a, a, a psalm, a song that he wrote about the word of God and what it means, I really want you to focus in on understanding the importance that David put on the word of God. You would think that he would have told Solomon, go to the temple and sacrifice and worship, which is great. You, th you think he would have told Solomon to, you know, make sure you're a good leader like I was. Make sure you are a good warrior. But what David told Solomon was this. Make sure you follow the word of God. He in that moment, King David, put such an importance on the word of God. As we look at this in Psalm Chapter 19, we're going to go through this psalm, and we're going to read through um, seven verses in this, and then we're going to break it down. I want you guys to really grab a hold of that King David wrote this, and he wrote this in order for it to be a memory and to be honored about the word of God. So verse seven starts with this. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. And then he goes on to verse nine. Let's keep reading. Reverence for the Lord or fear of the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They, the laws, these decrees of the Lord are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning. This is the law of the Lord. This is what David is singing about. This is what he is declaring. The, they are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free from guilt and innocent of great sin. And then verse 14, which we love to repeat, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing or acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock, my strength, and my redeemer. David writes this, and we're going to look back in, in verse 7, but David writes this song about how wonderful the word of God is. And as I was looking through the book of Psalms, it was continually about the laws of, of the Lord, about the decrees of God, about his promises, about who he is and how he reveals himself in his word. And so I would encourage you that as we go through this and as we look at this and we start in verse seven, the things that the word of God takes care of in our life. I want you to tune in because there, and especially this morning as we were in worship and we were talking about the things that we're struggling with, the word of God is the answer to those things in our life. And the first one is this, the word of God revives our souls. Psalm 19.7 says this, the instruction of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. I looked at that word in Hebrew and it actually means to turn back to. 
It was a, uh, it, it was basically means, and again, and again, it was a turning back to reviving our soul. It's the same word that is used in Psalm 23, which says that the Lord will restore our souls. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's a returning back to God. That revival that we're looking at is a returning back to God. And what scripture says is that revival happens in the word of God. It is in the word of God. What attack have we seen in this nation and in this world? It's on the word of God. And that is because this is what revives our souls. It is the word of God that brings life again, that turns us back, turns us away from sin back to God. It is the word of God. In Ephesians, it talks about it is a washing, that we are washed clean by the word of God. It's like a water. We are washed clean by God's word. It is a turning back. If you feel and if I feel in our life that we are dry in our relationship with the Lord, this, what David is telling us here, he says, turn back to the word of God. It revives your soul. The second thing is this, the word of God provides wisdom. In that same verse, in verse 19, uh, in chapter 19, verse seven, it says, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I don't know about you, but I love reading about how God takes the foolish and makes it profound. How he takes the simple of us and makes us wise. Because I was a straight C student. Listen, uh, we, you know, everybody coming in with their cords. I don't know what those were like. I mean, I, this, is, this was my thought. I have the same diploma on my wall that everybody that got all A's hat on their wall. When you go for a job, they're not like, and what was your GPA? <laughs> it don't matter because I got the degree. You know what I'm saying? I love that the word of God says that he takes the simple and makes it wise. But we don't just do it because we have these great ideas. And listen, that's what the world says. Oh, light bulb, you know, that, you know, mind blown. I have this great thought. No, 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 friend. Everything that is wisdom comes from heaven itself. Everything that's wise is in the word of God and his word. So if there are things in your life where you're like, I just can't figure it out. Go to the word of God. The word of God provides us wisdom. And in, in the book of James, it says, if any man is lacking wisdom, ask of God. He's not gonna rebuke you. He freely gives the wisdom that you need. In, in Proverbs, if, if you need wisdom in your life, go to the book of Proverbs. There's 31, you can read one a day. But in Proverbs chapter one, verse four, it says, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. When I stepped into ministry, I was, I was very, very young. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm so very thankful that my mom and dad saw something in me, um, but I was very, very young. 
And we had a, a need for someone um, to step in to lead worship. And I really felt a call on my life when I was 15 to do that. But I kind of uh, didn't pursue it. You know, I kind of ran from God. And, and when I was 23, 24 years old, an, uh, an opportunity opened up. And that's young. That's young to be leading uh, worship at a church. And, and one of the things that I didn't want to do is I didn't want to come across young. I wanted to be seasoned. I wanted some knowledge with what I was getting ready. I was leading people into the presence of the Lord. I didn't take that lightly. And so one of the things that I did was I poured into the word of God and I looked and I researched scriptures on what it meant to worship, what it meant for the worship leader, what it meant for the instruments, what it meant for people coming in, Old Testament and New Testament. And I researched and I researched and I found this out that I would know decisions and choices to make, not because of my age, but because I was full of the word of God. When we are walking in our life and we feel like we don't have the answers, the word of God is what brings us wisdom. It pours into us and gives us what we need and the answers that we need. The third thing is this, and I love this one. Guys, I love this one. Ready? The word of God brings us joy. And Psalm 19, verse 8, I love this. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. I looked up this word in the Hebrew, and it really means happy. It means happiness. It is actual joy. It is a rejoicing. It is a praise. The word of God brings us joy. I was thinking about this and about how many we know now, you know, anxiety and depression. And listen, I've been there. I've been there, done that. Ryan and I are firm believers in Christian counseling. We are firm believers that you find not just a counselor, you find a Christian counselor that will point you to the word of God. We, we believe in that. We believe that you need to have that in your life, that ability to be able to share maybe some struggles that you're having and someone that will point you to the word of God. I've been there. I've been where, you know, depression and just it has plagued my mind. And I, I have to tell you, the word of God was the only thing that brought me out on the other side. It was the only thing. It, it truly is an anecdote for depression and anxiety. And so as we see our generation that's coming up, and even those of us, I'm so anxious, I'm so, I've got this anxiety. It's, panic attacks are, are uh, you know, happening every day. I think it's because we've removed ourselves from the word of God because we have no joy. We are living this life without his joy because his word is not stable in our lives. Psalm 5:11 says this, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. How would we know that the Lord spreads his protection over us to provide us through his name joy unless we get into his word? Amen. 
As we look into the word of God, we see time and time again how he protects us, how he is there for us as he walks with us through. Now, we don't deny the situation that we're walking through. Ryan and I have lost, have lost babies. We've lost um, three. We've had three miscarriages. We have lost a house. We have stepped out in faith and believed that God was speaking one thing and, and we missed it, not him. He, he never misses it. He still caught us. We have walked through things in our life that should be and could be devastating. But his word continually provided a joy, a rejoicing that no matter what I am walking through, my God. And listen, I'm telling you what, this last month has felt like a, just an attack. Let me tell you, God can attack a lot of, I mean, the enemy can attack a lot of things, but when he touches your babies, I don't know about any of your mamas out there, but when he touches your babies, you start to turn to God in a way that you never have before, and, and you start rebuking things, right? Uh, you can touch a lot of things in my life, but you can't have my kids. You know what I'm saying? And I tell you what, this last month, I, it's, it's been a rough year, but this last month drove me to my knees that I was gonna rejoice no matter what the doctor said. That I had, yeah, did I have some fear? Yeah. Did I have some worry? Yeah. And I just kept offering it to the Lord and I kept going to his word, believing that my children would be taken care of, that they would be okay because they, God loves them more than I do. And I tell you what, I was able to get up here on a Sunday morning and have a smile on my face, not because my life was perfect, but because his word had provided joy for me. And friends, I'm telling you, God can provide joy, a happiness in the midst of your circumstance if you stay in his word. The fourth and the last thing is the word of God directs the way we live. Psalm 19 verse eight says, the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. It's clear. When we open up the word of God and we start to see the direction that he's having, it's clear. The direction, the path that we're supposed to walk, it's clear. Psalm 119 verse, and verse 105 says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote it in King James, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When we are needing direction on how to live our life, we cannot do it based off of our emotions. It is through his word. His word illuminates our path. Jordan was um, posting something the other day on, on uh Instagram about this girl that was walking on these planks and she, they were talking about faith and how she was blindfolded and you didn't know, you couldn't take the next step because there was just two planks and you couldn't take the next step until you took the first step. 
You had to take your foot off the back plank to step on this so they could bring the plank around. And as I was watching, I thought it was so cool. And I was like, oh, we will never do that because, you know, liability and insurance. And I was thinking, you know, what if somebody falls off and and all of that. And but as I was looking at that, I was thinking about this this portion of scripture here, that God directs the way that we're supposed to live. And sometimes it's one step. It's just that first step. You don't see the rest of the path. You see the first step. But his promise is this, that his word illuminates our path. That as we take those steps, his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to the path that we walk. I know there's a lot that we can try to decide on our own. Oh, I think this would be the best idea. I think this, listen, I, when, when God called us to move back to Florida, I was like, yes. And when, then when he said it was evangel, I was like, sign me up. But can I tell you on June the 12th, 2020, he spoke to me very clearly. He spoke to me as I was just putting clothes into the dresser and he said, you're going to Florida. And I knew it was evangel. And then nothing, right? Another, a couple days later, another something said, oh, I'm like, oh, we're going to go to Tallahassee. Our our cruise got canceled. We're going to go to Tallahassee. Our our kids want to see their friends. They haven't seen their friends in years. And and the woman was like, oh, as long as it's not an interview and a punch in my gut, Holy Spirit said, it will be. I was like, okay, still didn't tell Ryan anything. Just kept walking, just kept, just kept reading the word of God, just kept going. That Tuesday, Ryan, we never wanted to show up um, unexpected with Pastor Terrell. We always want to be like, hey, Pastor, we want to come in. Is that, is that it work for you? And so we texted him and I pull in and it was a Tuesday. It was just a couple days later. And he was like, Andrea, Pastor, I texted Pastor, told him we were going to be in town. And he asked me to preach. I said, babe, you're about to get a call. (laughs) A call is coming. And as we began to walk one step at a time, listen, we knew in our heart, this was where God was calling us. But we still had to take those steps of faith. And those steps of faith weren't based off of how we felt. Those steps of faith were based off of his word. His word guides our life, not our emotions, not our feelings. If we are making decisions in our lives without the insight of God's word, friend, let me tell you, sometimes you'll get it right, but when you get it wrong, oh, it's not worth it. And in the end, who gets the credit for it? Oh, well, we do. But if we allow the word of God to illuminate our steps and illuminate our path with where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do, he gets all the glory. Because what does it say? He makes the simple things wise. We realize, God, I couldn't have figured that out. I could not have figured that out. Only you could have given me the wisdom to take those steps. One of my favorite portions of scripture, King David wrote, and it's Psalm chapter one. 
And it's another promise. I, I look at the book of Joshua where it talks about when we hold fast to the word of God that we are successful. I looked in, in 1 Kings where David tells Solomon, if we hold fast to the word of God, we will be successful. And it brought me back to one of my favorite passages of scripture, which is Psalm chapter one. And it says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight, oh, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Those that delight in the word of God. Friends, I do believe that this revival starts with us. It starts with us being planted and rooted in the word of God. This generation is hungry for the truth. And will we share with them our thoughts? Will we share with them our opinions? Will we share with them our religion? Or will we share with them the truth of God's word? Will we share with them and impart to them, this is how you make your life successful. And friend, if you've never heard this before, those of you that are watching online, those of you that are sitting here and you're wondering why your life keeps going in the same cycle over and over and over again, let me encourage you, get into the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. Wake up in the morning and get into the word of God before you close your eyes at night. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring scriptures into your mind day and night and watch your life change. Watch your soul be revived. Watch wisdom come to you when you thought you had no answers. Watch joy begin to be imparted to, into you no matter what your circumstance. And watch the direction of your life be illuminated and lightened so that you see the next step in front of you. Watch what the word of God can do. I leave this to my children. That I love that they come into this place and that they serve. But we tell them over and over and over again, our life is not blessed because we serve here. Our life is blessed because we live in accordance to the word of God. His word, what he says, it's like honey to our lips. It is the sweetness that we desire. It's the good things of life. And with his word comes his presence. With his word comes the voice of the Holy Spirit. With his word comes the revelation of who Jesus is with his word. Let's stand together this morning. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that does not return to you void. That when we don't know what to pray, we pray your word. When we don't know what to do, we seek your word. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. It brings joy and revives our souls. It brings wisdom and illuminates our path. And so, Father, we ask today, as we surrender ourselves to you, if your word has not been the focal point and the strong foundation that we have stood on, Lord, I ask that you put a burning desire inside of us to read your words, to live your words. Lord, if there has been depression and anxiety that has plagued our minds, that we would push away the negativity and we would focus on your word. Lord, we desire in this world to be prosperous and Lord, to accomplish everything, every task that is laid before us. And so we hear you clearly that it cannot be done without your word. So make it alive in our lives. Make it alive in our families. And Lord, may we seek you and your kingdom and your word above all things. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.